because um, uh, they they would claim you know that a lot of the information they were given um, wasn't really like that inside of information that they were sort of um, that they were sort of like sold on stuff that really wasn't as like um, special as they were led to believe. Mm-hmm. I got the hookup here. I'm gonna put you into the main. Seriously, you're gonna get hooked up to the main vein, the IV of the nation. Listen, what's got for me? What do you got for me? Beta Max. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, and there's nothing you can fucking do to stop it. Okay, I'll take a hundred. You say you own a theater? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with Steve. I get whoa! I got an upgrade. I'm not the other Steve anymore. <laughs> no, I'm still the other Steve. And Ryan, that's a Gatorade. <laughs> Sick. That's about to say. Did you get like a a beer in a plastic bottle? <laughs> no, it's a fucking Gatorade, man. I mean, not that it matters because I can't taste it. But uh. it's blue, blue, the best of the Gatorades. Just so everyone knows, Ryan got the COVID vaccine, and now he has COVID. <laughs> oh, it's fucking incredible. It just makes no sense. You're, uh, you're, you're proving all those, uh, no, all those uh, anti-vaxxer moms, right? Yeah, <laughs> Brother, have you seen those videos? These women, like, faking seizures and shit? Oh, my God. Oh, no, I haven't seen oh those. Oh, my but... God, dude. So bad. It's. I'm just glad that I have a modicum of intelligence and know that I was probably COVID positive when I got the vaccine and just didn't know it yet. Right. So, right. Yeah. Good lord! If I was an anti-vaxer, this would be it. This would be it right here. Look at yeah. the goddamn vaccine gave me the mo- get. Right. It, it'd be the ultimate dumbass argument, you know, because like that's the yeah. argument. It's the Lewis Black joke, which Lewis Black knows better, but he has that whole bit on how. You know what the flu vaccine does? It gives you a cold for 365 days a year. You can't get the <laughs> flu because you always have a fucking cold. It's like, no, it doesn't, Lou. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Which vaccine did you get? The Hang on. I got my Moderna or Pfizer? Probably Pfizer. Uh, Moderna. I get the oh, you got the mRNA one. Yeah, boy. <laughs> That's the future tech right there. Oh, fuck yeah. I got a 5G chip in me now? No, no, no. It's just, you know, most vaccines. Not that future. No, most <laughs> vaccines work on like a bit of the virus, and that's like reprogrammed messenger RNA from the actual virus that exposes your body to spike proteins, apparently. And, and then your mm-hmm. body's just like, I know what these fuckers are. Try me again. <laughs> also, also known as high-speed internet, which comes from a 5G connection. Uh, oh shit! So he oh. he got the 5G version as opposed to the LTE version. <laughs> the yeah. Pfizer Pfizer is more like the 4G because you got to get two shots. No, I got to get two shots. Oh really? I didn't know Moderna. Yeah. I th- which one? There's one that's not two shots. Is it? Not mine. Mine's two shots. <laughs> uh, uh, this I don't think that one's out yet. Death Santis was talking about it. Yeah. Um, and also, now that mine's two shots, I got to go back and get COVID again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? my God. Now, if you got the, like I said, if you got the Moderna, you're just getting like a portion. You're getting RNA, so it's not the actual virus. But hopefully you make it out on the other side okay. You seem like you're just kind of lightly symptomatic, right? Yeah, I just, I can't smell, I can't taste. That was the strangest thing, was waking up in the morning like a light switch had been flipped, and all of a sudden I just couldn't smell anything. 
Couldn't smell my body wash. Speak. Shout out to Harry's. Uh, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't smell that poor my evergreen wash. scent that they collected over the Duke's cannon. <laughs> they had to kill so many evergreen trees to get that scent in your body wash, <laughs> and here you are, not even able to smell it. I was, uh, just, I was standing in my shower, and I was just like, "Uh oh, this isn't good." So, speaking of uh, tasteless symptoms, who are we talking about today? <laughs> We're, we're going to start talking about, this will be a first in a, a series, uh, possibly uh, three episodes, Good on the, the American political figure, Lyndon LaRouche. Oh, man. Is, what is he, a burlesque dancer? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> he's also, in, in a way, you look him among, up, bro. among he's, many things. He's fucking I'm, hot. I'm sure <laughs> his, his fan dance, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> he's fan hot dance. in a 1960s accountant kind of way. Right, like an old, like a like a TV twenty uh, uh, nine uh, year old woman looking for that final man. He's he he looks like a Kirkland Robert McNamara. <laughs> Kirkland, Kirkland Robert McNamara. Like he has that same look, glasses. I didn't look him slick up. Slick back hair. He so. looks like he drinks too much and beats his wife. Man, well, it's taken it I don't, bit far. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that, but I'm pretty sure he has possibly beaten his one wife, and we'll get to that. Right? Or, or I should say she was the ex-wife at that point. He's had multiple wives. God, he beats and, his ex-wife. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. It's um, so. A thing about Lyndon Larouche is you you possibly heard of him before because he's actually ran for president the most times as anyone in American history. I've heard the like name. He, I've heard the name. He, I've never heard of the man. He he holds the record still. Um, he died in 2019. Oh, good. Um, he, no, okay. he died in February of 2019. <laughs> um, he was, because he was born in 1922. What did he die so he of, was, Steve? Uh, we don't know, because... Um, what his his group his followers just told us you know that he's dead in in like April I think or, or months after he died in February saying that he that he had died. Wait, wait, so, okay, wait. is it like that that one? Uh, who is it? That one leader that everybody's he, they say he's alive, but he he was dead and then he was alive. You know what I'm talking Elvis? about? Like that Middle Eastern? I think it's Middle Eastern. Like, oh, not Elvis. No, not Elvis. It's a, it's an actual world leader where they're like, yeah, he's dead. And they're like, everybody's like, no, he's not dead. And then they come out in the state media. is like, there's no truth to this. He's not dead. Oh, the one from Turkmenistan. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah the, where he drives the, the, the car on the volcano's edge. Yes. Yeah. Look at our president drive this car even though you can't ever see him in the car. Well, That's our president driving it, this it's car. It's even better. It's even better. Well, he did he did donuts in, in front of it. And it's even better that it's <laughs> not a volcano. It's an old, like, Soviet – I think it was coal. Mm-hmm. And the mine caught fire. And it's, like, one of those mine fires that will never go out. <laughs> oh, like Centralia. <laughs> Like Centralia, yeah, so PA, it's like a bro. perpetually burning industrial accident. My wife and I both love like abandoned weird shit like that, and uh, Centralia is just the ultimate. You know, you can't like it's it's yeah. a place in the U.S. that you literally cannot go to because you might fall to hell. <laughs> like the ground below you might just give way, and you just fall into Wait, an eternal coal this? fire. It was it was a place. Oh, you that never it was heard a, of that a coal mine under the city in Pennsylvania, and the coal mine caught fire and because like this this coal fire is like perpetually burning under the city like they had to abandon the city and only like 
like five. I think five people legally live there. It's still what? it's still burning to this day. It's been burning for fifty yeah. years. I mean, like, it's it will cold. it will literally go burn. The coal veins, like exactly exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the but if you look it up and you you can see videos and stuff like the grounds just cracked in half on the old highways and stuff. Is, I think smoke crazy. comes out of the ground there too. Oh yeah, probably all the time. That's so crazy. Yep. Yep. But uh, Lyndon LaRouche was born on September 8th, 1922. Um, He was born in Rochester, New Hampshire. Um, He's the oldest of of three children, and his parents were... I gotta say, um, I really wasn't expecting the Hampshire there. I thought you were going to say Rochester, New York. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those ones like Jacksonville. Like, there's there's probably one in every Memphis, Tennessee, state in the South, but only one of them actually matters. Um, Trenton, Ohio. That's a real place. And um, his mother was Jesse Lenore um, Larouche, and his father was Lyndon H. Larouche uh, Senior. His um, his. His paternal uh, grandfather's family had come to the United States from uh, Quebec, mm-hmm. and his um, his maternal uh, grandfather um, was born in um, Scotland. On um, and on his um, his father had worked um, for a company, um, the United Shoe Machinery Corporation in Rochester, uh, before he before he moved them to uh, Lynn, Massachusetts. Shoe Lynn, Lynn, city of sin, you'll never come out the way you went in. Ah, Listen. <laughs> Ryan knows all about that. You could probably go to Lynn, Lynn right now sh- and smell and taste things. Not for nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Your scent would just come right back when you were there. Oh, oh, hey, the COVID cleared up. <laughs> God, it's such a shithole. It's fighting sorry, all the other pollution is. just beats it out. Fucking Boston pollution just the, <laughs> just shit just comes in and it's like COVID. Who the fuck are you? Get out of here. You draw you drive by some paper mills and that'll clear you right up. <laughs> oh, man. Just just make a slow ride for people who have COVID that just goes through industrial waste areas. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, inhale deep. Inhale real deep. Breathe deep. <laughs> every time get in the vapors. Every time someone says breathe deep i think of that one dana gold stand up where he's like drink deep the gold cup <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. oh my god um, so his 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 parents um eventually they converted to uh quakerism and they they were pretty Man, I eat, dude i eat oatmeal every once in a while but i'm not converting <laughs> To a whole thing about it, you know. <laughs> and his 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 father was a hardcore like member of the Quakers because he he forbade all of his children from even uh, fighting in self defense, which Quakers are supposed to be um, pacifistic. Yeah. Though, like the degree that you do it is um is like up to the the follower. I don't think like the church actively enforces it. It's not like um one of those denominations of Christianity that is incredibly controlling. Hmm. Mm. Um, and and LaRouche describes this as being um, you mean physically unquote, controlling you, as opposed to mentally controlling both <laughs> let yourself get the fuck beat out of you okay it's for Jesus <laughs> just stand there it's for Jesus you can just stop to it. in this particular Don't. church we stop when you feel entry in the rear and, like uh, when listen. are you supposed to like when do you draw the line <laughs> No, you can't. No, no self-defense. Put your hands down and just let that person beat the shit Can out of you. Can you defend yourself verbally? 
All right, let's well, not turn this into like a a fucking uh, colloquium on uh, Quakerism. But he he describes this sort of like being uh, years of hell for him. No, really? no um, kidding. He gets his ass kicked. He can't defend himself. Those aren't years. Of, those and, are definitely years of hell. Imagine and, and like so a, a Quaker like MMA fighter. <laughs> he would just be Homer. Just severe brain just damage. Yeah, fighting Dredderick Tatum. Homer, give up your religion. <laughs> You're gonna die in there. <laughs> um, it, and so because of this, um, he becomes a bit of like a, an introvert and a loner. Um, he, he spends a lot of time um, by himself walking through the woods um, and, and reading about and identifying with um, the great philosophers of history. That's cool. Um, I, I'm okay with that and, part of his life. And, and he himself wrote that um, between um, the ages of 12 and 14, um, that he uh, read and embraced the works and ideas of, of Leibniz and um, rejected um, those of uh, Hume, Bacon, Hobbes, Locke, Oh, okay. Berkeley, so Rousseau and Kant. So he took Leibniz and he fucking rejected everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Uh. He he would eventually graduate um, from high school in 1940, um, but in the same year that he graduates from high school, um, his father is expelled from the the local um, the local Quaker church um, because he was reportedly. Um, Accusing uh, members of the the Quaker community of misusing the church's funds. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, and, and wait, what? So he got kicked out because he said that other people were doing wrongdoing. Yeah, he yeah. he was apparently writing under a pen name. Um, what was it? And, and, and accusing them, it was Ron, Hezekiah. Is it Ron Mexico? Um, Mika, Mikaja, uh Jones. Wow. Uh, let's say it right, Makaja. 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 Hezekiah um, Makaja Jones. Hezekiah Makaja Jaja Jones. <laughs> Jonesy. How's you gonna How you gonna throw up Hezekiah and Makaja, and then fucking put Jones at the end? Well, it's a. I can already tell name. this guy's not a creative it, man. It it rolls a lot better, you know, from a pen than from the mouth. So right, 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 right. Um, like communism. So, we'll we'll get to that. Um, oh, so, so so Lyndon and his um and his mother. Um, they both resign um, in, in sort of in, in solidarity with um, his his father getting kicked out of the church. Okay. Um, and and LaRouche would eventually go um, to college at Boston. He would attend North, Northeastern University, um, but left in 1942 um, because he he's referred that his teachers, quote-unquote, lack the competence to teach me on conditions I was willing to tolerate. What? Um, so he's a, so, he so like? he's one of those guys. Is he like Bobby Fischer? His lights are too bright. I don't I don't know if his lights were too bright. I think he's <laughs> he's just a bit of a, a, an egotistical person. And if he's yeah. like egotistical, <laughs> I think he's just one of those people where like he can't take criticism. Okay. Where if mm. you're if you like so if you gave him constructive criticism, he would take that as insulting. He's Joe Everyman. Yeah. Because the thing about criticism is everyone gets upset when they're criticized, but most people are able to, like, hold he's, it. He's, he's, he's Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. That, that's actually probably apropos. Um, and because he was a Quaker, um, when it came time for him to serve in World War II, he was a, um, a conscientious um, objector. Right, so they put him at the front. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they tied him to the front we of a tank. Get, human um, shield. We gotta get rid of these weak people. <laughs> <laughs> and and he would join the um, civilian public service camp, um, which were sort of people who would do um, sort of government projects for the military and the government, but like non-combat duty. Yeah, just like keeping up with Jack Benny's itinerary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Making making sure you know that the the proper the proper women are being let in and the the USO shows and the uh, that, that he's getting the right the right amount of drinks. Oh my God, Jesus! Um, but in in 1944, um, he would join the the U.S. Army as a non-combatant and he would um, serve in the army in India and Burma um, with medical units. That's cool. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, and. Um, by the end of the war, he was working as a, as an ordinance clerk. Okay. Um, and and he and he would he would be proud of his his military service throughout um, throughout his life his his willingness to serve. Um, and while he's in India, um, he he also begins to become um, sort of enamored with the Indian independence movement. Hmm. And and he's he says that him and, and many other. Um, soldiers that were that were there um, that they were worried that they would have to support the British against the Indian independence um, movement um, if if things came up. Really? Um, so he was he was worried about that. I don't think there was a real possibility of that happening um, because um, with how things were going, the the British essentially promised the Indian independence movement that they would give them um, independence if they they helped in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there wasn't really a chance of that happening. So it was like an empty threat, kind of. Well, it, it was something that could possibly happen, but it was just incredibly unlikely. Okay, I get it. Um, and while he is in in the camp, though, um, he begins discussing uh, Marxism with several of other of the conscientious subjectors. Mm. Uh, I feel like that's not going to lead to anything good. And and while he's while he's traveling home in 1946. Um, he meets a man named Dom Merrill, who was also a soldier um, from his hometown of, of Lynn, um, and he becomes a Trotskyite. Uh, <laughs> hey, guess who's making he's an back. appearance in this episode God, as well? Hey. I feel like Steve's a Trotskyite because he's just always coming up in every episode. <laughs> well, Listen, you, it's, you, uh, it's you'll a pleasure that... to be here again today. Hi, I'm here today. Our topic is Ray Kroc of McDonald's fame, and uh, in about 30 minutes, we're going to connect him to Leon Trotsky. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my keys in the McDonald's on 45. I Good ordered the number two, and, uh, you know, they did not give me a two. They gave me a three. I can't. I went back to complain about it. They kicked me out of the country. <laughs> he's, he's just amazed by the McDonald's system. Yeah. He, want, he wants to take it over to Marxism, you know, of, of selling the real estate for the franchise, <laughs> the system. When he returns to the U.S., he... he resumes his education at Northeastern University, um, which he completes. Um, and he returns to Lynn in 1948 um, and joins what's called the Socialist Workers Party. Okay. Um, and, and he adopts the pen name or, or um, for his works um, called and Lynn Marcus. Uh... So I don't hate this guy yet. He just sounds like he said he earlier, just an egotistical blowhard right now. Because you don't want to write under your own name at this time, because this is also the time of, like, the House of Un-American Activities right. is, like, destroying people's lives for even, Suggesting. like, glancing at a Communist Party, like, flyer in the 30s. That's that's amazing. 
Um, and he moves to New York City in 1953 and becomes a management consultant. Um, what is that exactly? After- Can you tell me what that is? Because I don't know what that means. What the fuck's a management it, consultant? It's it's sort of um, almost like um, an industrial engineer, um, but instead of you know directing like how how a factory should work and how workers should do, um, they just consult with management on how to organize companies. So they you know like so they're basically paid less to do part of the manager's job. Well, well you know the the bobs from Office yes. Space. Their management. Ah, uh, okay. So he essentially got a useless job. So basically, they cut the fat. Yeah. Their job is to go in there and see where you can improve, quote yeah, unquote. Where people yeah. aren't doing anything, get rid of them, where you can consolidate. They use a lot of Where you can squeeze more profits out of the company by hurting yes, the but human what cattle. Is uh, uh, gaining assets instead of that. You know, it's like, Be, it's like, use being a consultant. Being a consultant is a very cushy job because no matter what you say, you still get paid, regardless of how successful it is. Right. It's like being a politician. So you just, they just come in, you're like, all right, this is what I think you should do. All right, thanks. Bye, guys. Uh, it is the ultimate what, it didn't gig. Work? For, ye- for years in IT, that, that has actually, to this day, it really, in a lot of ways, is still like the preeminent position if you can become a technology consultant. In 1954, um, he marries a fellow member of the Socialist Workers Party named Janice Newberger, um, who was a psychiatrist. Um, and in 1956, they have a son named Daniel. So is this like 1956? Is this like the time of like the McCarthy trials and like the? This is uh, after McCarthy. This is after that. Okay. Yeah. Because the McCarthy trials are in early. Um, Fifty. In the early 50s. Um, and by the time they're done, like it's completely burned out. It because they they ran from April to June in 1954. Okay. Um, and so by the time that like McCarthy essentially like burns every bridge because the yeah. last yeah. the last the last hearings are the Army McCarthy hearings, and that's when he just goes too far, like almost to like a QAnon level of like yeah. of like craziness that he's just completely discredited. Did you hear the new the new QAnon thing? That, oh, that Joe it? Biden is JFK Jr. I've there's also one that it's essentially face off and that Joe <sighs> Biden is actually Donald Trump and the reason why he's been stuttering is because he um, he's getting used to the Donald Trump skin. hasn't hasn't perfectly mastered the mannerisms <laughs> of Joe Biden. Oh my god! <laughs> and he's just doing some like Gattaca thing, and they're like resetting his bones and like, uh. making him become this other person. All right. Jesus Christ, that you just totally went up Mount Mine. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh. Um, so by the by the 60s, you know, um, they're they're living in Central Park West in Manhattan, um, and LaRouche is becoming um, at, at that time in in um, in the early 60s, around 1961. Um, Lyndon's more focused on his job than he is on um, the the Socialist Workers Party. Um, and in um, 1963, um, he separates from his wife and he moves into a, um, a Greenwich Village apartment um, with another uh, woman who is a member of the Socialist Workers Party um, named um, Carol Schnitzer. Schnitzer. So he, he essentially like um, gets gets separated from his wife and just moves to like it's not a bachelor pad because he's with the woman that he's i think he was having an affair with is schnitzer um, the company but, that's the bakery in seinfeld isn't that schnitzer's you know i think so it's gotta be a schnitzer's yeah, marble so. marble rye 
Yeah, the marble uh, ride. Yeah. The, the coveted marble ride. Yeah. Give me that, you old bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in and in nineteen sixty four, um, he begins associating with a a faction of the Socialist Workers Party called the Revolutionary Tendency. Um, and this. <laughs> This this party, which is sort of like a, a more like radical, um, obviously by the name, a more radical um, faction within the Socialist Workers Party, um, they become to be under the influence of a, a British Trotskyite leader named uh, Gary Healy. Okay. So, so this group called the the Revolutionary Tendency was the more radical group. <laughs> yeah, within within an already radical group, when you're in the Socialist Workers Party, that, just like, does, that name doesn't seem radical to me though. It does not scream radical. It's like, nah, we're radical, but only on like a Thursday afternoon. We have tendencies toward revolutions, but otherwise, eh, we take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> we're not very tendentious, and we're not going to be. We're not going to be flattened into this room in the back corner with Lyndon LaRoche and his lackeys. Um, so once he joins that, um, he begins working um, with an American um, Heliite named um, Tim Wolforth, um, who who would later describe. Did they wear uh, Heelys? What did they wear Heelys? <laughs> Well, you know, he invented the Healy. He got his his. <laughs> he left from communism to... altogether because he invented dangerous shoes. <laughs> I could make money killing children. <laughs> Isn't that what every industrialist says? <laughs> oh my god! Um, but but uh, Walworth would describe Larouche as having a, a gargantuan ego, um, and quote-unquote, a marvelous ability to place any world happening in a larger context, which seemed to give the event additional meaning, but this thinking was schematic, lacking factual detail and depth. Um, so the way he's sort of describing um, what he does is sort of like what Alex Jones does, mm-hmm. where where if you've ever heard like one of Alex Jones's rants where he'll he'll bring up an article, mm. but Alex Jones doesn't actually read the articles. He just reads the headlines, and then he just tells you what the article is about. The globalists. Yeah, what he it. thinks it's about. The globalists. And, it. and, that's, and that's essentially what I, I believe what he's describing LaRouche does, which LaRouche kind of does. Um, he's a little better about... Uh, about like actually reading things but he's very much of like he has his own version of the world and he's going to sell that to you um and he's not going to let facts get in the way Hmm. interesting um so he larouche eventually leaves uh wolfer's group um and he he briefly joins another uh rival group called the uh the spartacus league um (laughs) and then he he leaves this uh group um and says that he's going to form a new fifth international because you remember the uh the fourth international is the the trotsky international so he wants to make like one that is like beyond after trotsky sounds more like a fifth estate if you ask me oh we'll we'll get to that steve fifth international thing is just beyond my pay grade i just do not understand it well i guess i guess instead of estate it would be more fifth column um, fifth column yeah that's what i meant fifth column in in 1967, um, he he gets a job teaching um, Marxist um, dialectical materialism at 
at, at the New York City Free College Speak, or Free School. Speaking of things that are outside of my fucking pay grade. <laughs> School? No, Marxist dialectical <laughs> materialism. Oh, <laughs> I was like, is this school on your pay Technically, grade? school is out of everyone's pay grade in the United States, Ryan. <laughs> God damn it. How much does it cost to go to community college? Well, it's 15 grand a year. Ah, uh, fuck. I was looking at my, uh, my credit Iron. report the other day, and I was like, well, how the, wait, what, what the fuck do I owe $36,000? Oh, yep. student loans. Yep. Fuck. Fuck you forever. <laughs> fuck you forever. Military's got its money. Fuck you forever. <laughs> Oh god, uh, that's the worst, dude. But but while he's teaching at the free school, um, he he gains the attention um, and the admiration of a group of students from Columbia University um, and the City College of New York, um, and, and he sort of like takes them under his wing and and, and sort of recommends that they read uh, Das Kapital um, and also um, Hegel, um, Kant, and, and Leibniz. Oh, so now he's okay with Kant and Hegel. Well, he, what? originally he was against Kant. <laughs> now he's pro Kant. Well, I'm I'm sure he's he's like you need you need the basics to learn about them, and then I can teach. I'll you. tell you what's wrong. Um, so what I it's like a Jehovah's Witness who says I need you to be Catholic first so that I can explain why we're right. <laughs> I mean, yes, and that's <laughs> not the worst thing in the world to do. You're like, yeah, and that do is that. no, it is. <laughs> And I would I would say that that is um, your your comparison there. It will will be very accurate uh, coming up soon. All right. Um, so in in 1968, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of campus sort of protests. Um, right. A lot of organizations are going. Uh, a lot of organized strikes and, and other sort of protests are going on. Um, and so in, in 1968, there's um, there's protests at Columbia University, um, and he organizes these supporters he's gained. Um, under the name of the National Caucus of Labor Committees, the NCLC. Okay. Um, and the goal of the NCLC um, is to eventually take control um, of the uh, Students for a Democratic Society. I don't know if you've heard of them, SDS. Nope. No, SDS sounds um, like something an infant dies from. But they were, <laughs> I, they were, they, they were like a organization, sort of almost like. Um, Abby Hoffman. Okay, like, I know like who Abby Hoffman is. They, they were like a, a college sort of political um, organization that was associated with like Marxist groups. Okay. And also um, to sort of build an alliance between um, students, uh, residents of the area, um, union members, um, and the faculty of Columbia University. Interesting. Um, so by 1973... Um, the NCLC had had gained up to 600 members in in 25 cities around the world. Um, uh, notable ones were uh, West Berlin and Stockholm, um, and he would also um, and he also started writing um, one of uh, the far left papers um, of that era, which was called New Solidarity. Wow! Um, wow. And it was it Sorry. was sort of it was sort of considered to be one of the uh, major sort of leftist um, periodicals of that time. So was he under the microscope right now, or? Well, no. And what 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 begins to happen is that um, within the organization, um, things become to uh, come to be very like highly regimented, um, and and members of the organization um, give up their jobs and devote themselves fully 
um, to the NCLC. Um, there it is. There uh, it is. Believing, it's a fucking cult. There but, it is. But believing <laughs> that it was only a matter of time um, before the NCLC is able to like sort of take over the American labor movement and then eventually overthrow the government. It's a cult. There it is. I mean, it's just people gave up their jet. Nope, nope. I don't want look. I, look, I don't even. I'm calling it right now. I don't even have to hear this anymore. This is a fucking cult, isn't it? <laughs> Ryan's just done for the rest of the episode. Well, Ryan's gone. Uh... <laughs> Ryan ran off screaming about cults. That's a cult. <laughs> Listen, I have done way too much research into cults and all this other bullshit. And this guy. I mean, a lot of those. Oh, man, but you, he's got some people that are towing that line. So if you've towing that line, if you've done. Uh, cult research then you know that a lot of times um just organizational memberships mimic cult-like behavior like they're not necessarily uh, listen, cults but they have they have like aspects of a cult yeah oh correct but when you start having members or people that are following you or people that believe right. in you trying so to reach that, that diamond level sell their trying to reach own. that diamond level well it's yeah, it's yeah, beyond yeah. it's it's beyond like mlm like um there are still, I, I believe there still are. I haven't checked because, you know, he died in the last two years. I, I'm assuming they're still around because, like, even after a cult leader dies, like, the members stay around. Uh, but there's still, like, LaRoucheites that live, like, a bunch of people in a single apartment and just <gasps> sort of, like, hand hand out, like, newsletters and stuff for, <laughs> for the organization. That's a cult. <laughs> uh, a biographer of LaRouche, uh, Robert J. Alexander, um, he wrote that uh, LaRouche first established um, an intelligence network within the NCLC um, in 1971. Um, and so what this organization would do is that, because um, remember he has members all over the world, um, they would collect information and send it to the NCLC headquarters, um, which would then put this information in their publications. Um, and A la Scientology. And, and a lot of this is, well, because Scientology is mostly in selling the courses. His is like selling like a magazine, essentially, um, okay. because he makes he they produce magazines. They produce other sort of periodicals. Um, and I got this idea for a cult. We're going to sell highlights for children. <laughs> and, and a lot of and, and some experts have claimed that this was a way for them to gain access to government officials. <laughs> Probably under, under the guise of being reporters. Probably. Yeah, I'd like to interview you for highlights for children. <laughs> I feel like that's how, like, I have, uh, like, we got recognized as uh, members of Sons of the American Revolution, which is just an organization, right? But, I mean, but essentially, yeah. like, if you're not, if you're not like an old man who has nothing but time to take part in all these like historical events and stuff, it's just a magazine. That's what it is. You pay like a fee every year, and you get the SAR magazine, which is just like a historical periodical. That's like all it is. Yeah. Essentially, just you a get ma- a ribbon. It's a I get I have a ribbon, and I have a lapel pin. I have all kinds of cool stuff, and a big it's certificate like up for the World Wildlife Foundation. It's it's cool though because you do like you know you have to trace your lineage back, and and it's you get a, a historical document, and it's kind it's really fun. But at the same time, it's kind of like I'm really just getting a magazine here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they found this, um, uh, publication called executive intelligence review in 1974. Mm. Um, and, and some of the other periodicals that they, that they have under their, their sort of publishing house are, are new solidarity, um, fusion magazine, um, 21st century science and technology, um, campaigner magazine. Oh boy. Okay. We're about to get into um, the, uh, 
the lying essentially in these magazines. And and they they also own the publishers, the American System publish uh, publications, um, Campaigner Publications, New Solidarity International Press Service, um, and the New Benjamin Franklin House Publishing Company. Yo, can you imagine being these people's neighbors and having to deal with their kids selling these magazines to you weekly? Dude, oh my God. Um, eventually, in in nineteen eighty. Um, LaRouche would, uh, what am I going to do with 40 subscriptions to vibe? <laughs> <laughs> uh. He, he, um, he acknowledged that some of his followers had impersonated reporters. Um, but he claimed it was done, uh, for his security. Um, because, uh, LaRouche will, will constantly claim that either the CIA or the Soviet union or somebody else wants to assassinate him. Uh, yep. There's probably members of those groups that do. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I doubt, that, I doubt the Soviet Union wants to kill him. Isn't he a socialist? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll actually get get to that. I don't think the Soviet Union really wanted to kill him. Well, sure. And you have to remember, he's, he's a Trotskyite. Ah, uh, okay. I got it. Um, and and also, too, like, around this time, he, he also sort of... Um, begins to have a divide in left groups as we'll see um and and eventually in 1982 um u.s news and world report um would sue um the new solidarity international press service and campaigner publications um because they found that members of these publications um were impersonating their reporters in phone calls like so they were pretending to be reporters for other um other periodicals um to get interviews Mm -hmm. Um, and in the Washington Post in 1985, um, they print that the, the organization assembled um, this sort of network of, of government and military contacts um, and that his researchers were sometimes supplying information to government officials. Okay. Um, uh, for instance, uh, a former dr- uh, deputy director of the CIA, um, Bobby Ray Inman, um, claims that uh, LaRouche and LaRouche's wife um, had visited him um, t- to offer him um, information on the West German Green Party. Okay. Um, LaRouche had also met with the deputy director, um, John McMahon, um, in 1983 um, to discuss um, LaRouche's um, trips overseas. Um, and an aide to the deputy secretary of state, William Clark, um, said that LaRouche's associates had discussed um, technology or economics um, with them, but they felt that it was like it was qualified that they actually knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Norman Bailey, um, <laughs> who was on the National Security Council um, in 1984, he said that um, that LaRouche had actually uh, comprised um, one of the best uh, private intelligence services in the world. I mean, it sounds like it. Um, but a, a number of government officials um, begin to begin to not like this um, because they're afraid of a security leak um, from the government having ties to the movement. Because um, uh, they they would claim, you know, that a lot of the information they were given um, wasn't really like that inside of information that they were sort of um, that they were sort of like sold on stuff that really wasn't as like. Um, special as they were led to believe. Mm-hmm. I got the hookup here. I'm going to put you into the main 
seriously, you're going to get hooked up to the main vein, the IV of the nation. Listen, listen. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? Betamax. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, and there's nothing you can fucking do to stop it. Okay? I'll take 100. You say you own a theater? <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so, uh, uh, Douglas Foster would write it in Mother Jones, um, in 1982. Man, that's been around that long? Uh, God damn, that thing's yeah, still Yeah, Mother Jones has been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I liked a couple and, of their articles. They are really left, though. Like it's well, they used they used to be a lot. Uh, apparently, they used to be a lot lot better. Yeah. Um, like um, be objective. I don't know how true want, it is, I, but Michael Moore's talked about it. I don't want subjective journalism. I fucking hate subjective journalism. Like if I'm reading a paper or an article, I just want information, you know, presented to me accurately. A, a lot of the a lot of the information in these briefings was was disinformation. Um, hateful, uh, material about the, the group's enemies. The LaRouche meetings? Um, yeah, the, 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 the materials from LaRouche's people, um, were, were sort of like hate-filled material about enemies. Um, like fake, fake letters and materials, um, intimidation, um, fake articles and other, like, sort of, uh, like dirty tricks type stuff on his enemies. Um, how many people were following him, uh, like, how big was what? his following at this time? It just seems excessive. Well, he only has, oh, like, at this period, he probably has around um, 600 to 1,000 people. So he's like, like a, no one's really sure. He's like the most popular pop punk band in the scene, basically. Yeah. Right? Like, he's yeah. not, you know, he's like a big wig or a less than he's Jake. He's not on sync level. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still selling out the House of Blues. Well, this is, this is why you've heard the name, but you've heard nothing about him. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I'm a big fan of the, of the thing- Beatles, but I don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that's your more your fault than mine. Um, uh, no, you're right. Him. I just never got involved. Um, and and apparently, like sometimes uh, a common practice they would have is they would accuse um, they would accuse opponents of their group as being um, gay or Nazis, um, or accuse them of of murder. What are they in fucking sixth grade? Hey, hey, he's gay. Hey, dude, listen, don't, don't, don't play with Jimmy. All right, he's a gay Nazi. All right, he's he, bro. You're so gay. He's a gay Nazi. You have to remember in the in the 70s, this is this is like being gay is something that can send you to prison. Still, yeah, still, I, I, which is just fuck, I keep forgetting sickening. Like it's just fucking sickening. I keep forgetting that our country is fucking incredibly homophobic. Well, I think it's just the recency thing, recency bias, you know, where like you, you, you know, you, you tend to look at the, the time that you're in as, as how things are, but you don't. Re- no, I'm saying like this country is still incredibly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Perspective. I didn't mean to give off the, uh, the implication or I, I didn't mean to imply rather that I was saying it wasn't. Um, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, and, um, so in the, in the seventies as well, um, he also found several groups and, and companies, um, such as the, the national caucus of labor committees, um, the citizens electoral council in Australia, um, the national democratic policy committee, um, the fusion energy foundation and the U S labor party. Um, the U S labor party will be like sort of his own personal political party, sort of like. Um, Ross Perot and the Reform Party. 
Mm. Like it's it's sort of a political party, but he's like the leader of the party. It's sort of like a a third party like cult of personality party. I don't like how he's co-opted the especially like the term labor party too. Um in in 1973 there also begins to be um what's called Operation Mop Up. Um and and LaRouche himself wrote in 1987 he he had an autobiography released in that year. Um he described it as violent altercations that had begun in 1969 um between his members and several uh new left groups. Um, when a, a, a faction led by a man named Mark Rudd uh, began assaulting uh, LaRouche's faction at Columbia University. Classic Paul Rudd. <laughs> Pretending to be Mark Rudd. His, his cousin, Mark Rudd. <laughs> yeah, you know, my cousin, or, Mark Rudd. Or that Paul Rudd's immortal because the man like looks younger now than he did like 20 years ago. Yeah, um, yep, so yep, yep. he's got some he, long... He's just, he's just a vampire. He's got long-go telomeres. He's drinking that young blood, Steve. That's what he's doing. You're, you're going to go into, like, his, his attic, and there's going to be, like, a bunch of portraits of Sam, like, dressed as, like, a Civil War general and stuff. <laughs> I <laughs> and am he's, like, you've seen too much. He's just a Highlander. Um, and, and eventually, He'll only well, meet what, you in a church. Did you know that? Yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's neutral ground, Steve. <laughs> He died for our sins. Well, that shall be his undoing. (laughs) God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm at fucking Highlander stand. My bad. And what the press described... I mean, Sean Connery played a character named Ramirez (laughs) with a Scottish accent and a Japanese wife named Kimiko. And and he was also Egyptian. And he was Egyptian! (laughs) And he had a katana. Ah, such a good movie. <laughs> and from in in April and September of 1973, uh, press reports say um, that during this this quote unquote Operation Mop Up, that members of the NCLC um, began attacking members of other leftist groups. Um, <laughs> that that Larouche had classified as uh, quote unquote left proto fascists. So these must um, be the and, tendentious ones, the tendency. And, and this in, um, sounds like some fascist left, is what this and, sounds like. And in the New Solidarity, uh, LaRouche wrote an editorial that called the Communist Party um, a, a movement, quote-unquote, uh, must dispose of this stinking corpse. Oof. Mm. Oof. Um, so... NCLC members armed with chains, bats, and reportedly nunchucks um, assaulted members of the Communist Party, the Socialist Workers Party, and the Progressive Labor Party. Uh, Steve, Uh, I actually want to correct your report there. Uh, If you just take a chain and you hook up two small bats, that is nunchucks, so I think that was just excessive reporting. <laughs> the, the little novelty yeah. bats you get on, like, the yeah, you know, you go to the baseball free bat days to get them from free bat days. So I, I think that's probably what was going on, and people just, you know, they just misreported it, you know. The, the LaRoucheites are paying the $5 for the uh, the free the free bat day ticket. Ah, at, uh, at the Trenton Thunder. <laughs> at the Trenton Thunder. Yeah. The Bingham to Mets. <laughs> And they would also attack um, black power activists um, on the streets and during meetings. Why? Um, and, and because they they consider them enemies. Because you know Larouche wants to take over, so he because he they're wants... existing while black. No, no, no. I want to know: Was he racist? Uh, 
possibly against black people. Um, we'll we'll talk about his anti-Semitism. Uh, if he's anti-Semitic, then it's yeah, a it's racist. a short yeah. fucking yeah. step. You know, those two circles he's, are overlapping. Well, he, There's no. It's not even a Venn diagram. This is one circle. Well, later later on, not not that it really says anything because like George Lincoln Rockwell allied with uh, the Nation of Islam, but. <laughs> um, but LaRouche Did you say and, Norman uh, Rockwell was a member allies. of the Nation of Islam? What? Did you say Norman Rockwell was a member of the Nation? No, George Lincoln Rockwell, <laughs> the, the, the founder uh, of the neo-Nazi party. Uh, the Saturday evening salam. <laughs> but there's there's a very famous picture of George Lincoln Rockwell and like the other leaders of the the American Nazi party sitting in the front row at a nation of Islam playing, like, playing pachinko with Prescott Bush, like meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my dad was a Nazi, but I'm a democratically elected president. Uh, Listen, can you, I mean, just, can we take a step back and realize the balls you have to have to tell these motherfuckers, I belong to the American Nazi party, especially considering what happened in Europe. Well, the American Nazi. I that thought the wait, wait, wait. I thought the American Nazi Party. That is. Are you talking about the the one that was pre Hitler invading Poland, or are you talking about like? No, I'm talking about the one where George Lincoln Rockwell founded in the in the fifties. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. Like, how that, do you have the? I mean, you need some balls. Like the one my say, I'm an American. He, like Nazi. the one my grandfather and a bunch of his guys were like, we got to get rid of him. <laughs> we got to go down the block and set George's house on fire. <laughs> Uh, but like, oh but that was what like Rockwell like not to get on a tangent, but that's sort of like what what like Rockwell was there. Rockwell like like fed on that he he loved the outrage that he was just like the conservatives who go on campus and like rile people up mm-hmm. like he would go on college campuses and talk about like why they need to like get rid of the Jews and like how whites are like the superior race. Ah, uh, dude, come on, yeah, and and the reason why he got along with the Nation of Islam is because the Nation of Islam is a black nationalist organization mm-hmm. and they want a country that's like like only black people. Like like they want a, a nation um, within the United States that's just all um, black, no white people. And like of course George a lot Lincoln of Rockwell's a lot of like white that. supremacist groups agree with that and sort of ally with them on that fact. So like they're perfectly fine with like sending all the black people to like one place. Oh my well, they're doing it. Um, they're doing it anyway. Then why did but, you bring yeah, them here in the do, first place? They do it anyway through redlining <laughs> and poverty. <laughs> but, but anyways, Larouche like will eventually ally with Farrakhan and other groups like that. Holy fuck! All right. Um, so, after this period of Operation like Mop Up, there there are um, it, it's estimated there were about sixty assaults, um, and those were the ones that were actually reported with nunchucks. Um, <laughs> nunchucks bats you know little little bats nunchuck bats little bats <laughs> yo-yos yo-yo oh dude yo-yo death man that's like the flying the, the, that's like the flying guillotine right there the mini batting helmets that you get the little ice cream in just getting brained with one of those Ex- filled with cement yeah they have they have a bunch of them on a on a string like tied to a baseball bat like barbed wire that they're hitting steve with. do you think like the uh-huh. seminal kung fu movie the master of the flying guillotine should have been called the master of the flying head cutter offers spinny thingy because it wasn't made in guillotine France. Yes. Do you think that's okay? It probably should have been called that with the subtitle. There was a bag too. 
<laughs> Such a great movie. Anyway. Um, and and after this operation, um, several of uh, LaRouche's followers are arrested, um, but there are, there are no convictions, and LaRouche claims that this was all done in self-defense. Oh, he was. Oh, um, I'm right. He was self-defending that the white race is the right and, race. Yeah. Oh. Well, no. He, Larouche, Larouche isn't. Larouche isn't like saying that that the white race is a superior race. That was George Lincoln. Um, that was George Lincoln. Oh, Bob, my bad. So we got on that tangent. My bad. Sorry. But Larouche, Larouche, like. Larouche is the one probably, beating up all his fellow leftists, quote unquote, air quotes, quote unquote, leftists, his fellow leftists. He's probably he, he's probably like you're, he's probably cool with that. Bro, your like, air quotes sounds sounds like Mac doing karate moves from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. it's fucking <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and then I hit him with that, knocked him out, threatened neutralized, um, threatened neutralized. I gave him an ocular pat down, assessed the threat. <laughs> Those leftists were fucking out of there. <laughs> uh, Gave him an ocular pat down. Just came in there. Um, clocked, a, clocked a knife in his boot. Took him out. Clocked um, a knife in his boot. Such a classic line. This guy was a real knife boot thug. Um, a, a biographer of LaRouche's, uh, Dennis King... Um, he has a theory that he believes that the FBI at this time was sort of aggravating strife between different groups, um, and that they that he he sort of theorizes that the FBI might have pushed um, LaRouche's group to this violence by sending anonymous mailings to them and other threats. Uh, the FBI being provocateurs, I don't buy. Yeah, that which bullshit. is I don't be, I don't believe you, Steve. And this is this is well within the era of like CoIntelPro, which is exactly what. You know the FBI was doing. I don't um, throughout believe the that 60s. the FBI would ever be provocateurs. <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's no way you're gonna make me believe that the FBI, an upstanding bureau of law enforcement, is just inciting bullshit with people. I don't I don't believe it. And in um, 1974 and in in 75, um, Larouche would meet with representatives of the Soviet Union at the United Nations. Um, in order to discuss with them what he claimed were attacks by the Communist Party USA on um, the NCLC um, and to propose sort of like a merger of the two parties. Um, but the Soviet Union weren't really interested in it. Um, and the the FBI as well, um, they, they had a, a memo that said that they found that the, the Communist Party USA, um, that they wanted to... Um, to eliminate um, LaRouche and the um, NCLC after the attacks. Um, so they weren't really interested in uh, merging with his party. Ugh. Obviously. Um, and in 1973 as well, um, some critics of, of LaRouche, such as the aforementioned Dennis King um, and another one named um, Anthony Lerman, um, they they also claim that LaRouche started be adopting more extreme ideas um, and also um, more violent ideas in 1973, as well as making a turn to the right. Mm. Um, because um, during that period, uh, LaRouche begins to believe that he's being targeted for assassination um, by, um, to give you a, a list, uh, the Soviet Union, the, the CIA. Oh, this guy's um, got a list? <laughs> He's like the opposite of See, this thing. is why the ultimate arbiter of history in the 20th century is mental health. 
It's like that's this yeah. is anybody who has yeah. a list of people that want to kill them has fucking paranoid delusions. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Libya. Um, well, yeah, Libya. Drug dealers. Libya, the whole country, Libya wanted the whole to. Didn't Libya, Libya <laughs> want to kill all Americans at that point? Like that's what I heard. Like I don't. I don't think so. No, I heard I, I that they had a textbook when they were going to school, and like even in grade school, it was just called "Death to America." That's what I heard. It's got to be this true. guy Lyndon LaRoche told me. Lyndon <laughs> LaRoche. His name was Lyndon LaRoche. He was from Mexico. <laughs> um, so listen, the Soviet Union, the CIA, the entire country of Libya. Who else? Um, drug cartels. Um, Which one? Like just just in the general. Sinaloa or the Juarez? It was very well. He listed it on his note. <laughs> he did that really uh, just just bitchy thing where he wrote drug cartel, but in the end he put apostrophe s because he w- also were these ranked? Because I mean, if it's the I don't, Juarez I don't cartel think they're ranked after you, you're gonna die. Ryan, if, if somebody's Sinaloa, you're gonna I, die bad. No, I mean the Sinaloa like, has death threats out, but they're not gonna do it. You know. Well, what? Well, when I say he has he has a I'm list, just, I don't I, mean I, like yeah, right now. Not, I know the Sinaloa will fuck you up. It's uh, like Mar- it's wow, like, I can't believe you just said that they will not cash that's in. That's like some mm-hmm. MS-13 shit right there, you know? Guys, I'm not with him. Yeah. I'm not with yeah. him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not hating no on affiliation. that. No affiliation. No affiliation. No affiliation. No affiliation. <laughs> um, Ryan's the one who brought your name up, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and when, I say, when, when I say groups, like when I say he has a list of like groups and people who want to assassinate him, I don't mean like he actually has like a physical like listicle. Like he doesn't have like a, a Pinterest board of like these are the people that are trying to kill me. Physical um, listicle sounds like a like a white <laughs> rapper, you know. Physical listicle. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of speaking of white rappers, funniest thing I heard earlier was um, that Vanilla Ice probably wishes that Suge Knight dropped him off that. Oh my god! But, <laughs> Shit, that's amazing. Oh. But but anyways, um, one one group at the end of his like enemies that he claimed was trying to kill him. Uh, which which will lead into another one uh, uh, aspect of his sort of emerging beliefs are international bankers. I mean, I could have told you that if he was an anti-Semite or starting. Well, that's to, he hasn't to gotten to the full. Isn't that like that's he hasn't gotten to it yet though. That's an he, easy. This is before he embraces it. That's an um, easy way but, to to get that though, right? I mean, because you're gonna like. Uh, you know, if you're fucking with their money in any way, they want you dead, right? They're bankers. Well, he's not. It's all imagined. It's not the mafia. Well, the mafia doesn't kill civilians unless they're Roy DeMeo. You know, <laughs> like Roy DeMeo will kill you just for looking at him. But like, yeah. But bankers, bankers will kill anybody. He, um, he, he also during this period establishes what's called. The Biological Holocaust Task Force. Uh, what? what? The what? Which, the Biological no, I heard Holocaust you. Task Force. <laughs> and what, the, what, this, what this task force does uh, is, is they sort of investigate um, the public health consequences of the IMF's austerity policies um, on countries in Africa. Is it- the IMF uh, being the International Monetary Fund. Yes, yeah, the International Monetary Fund, um, and because he he's predicting that by um, the 1980s, 
that that Africa is going to be like that there's going to be mass epidemics of, of cholera and other diseases that are going to like devastate the population of Africa. Um, okay. Which this this doesn't come to pass. Um, but Lyndon LaRouche throughout his like career will will constantly say that like the economy of the United States is going to collapse or like the world economy is going to collapse. Um, and it, and it keeps going wrong. Like it doesn't pan out like he says it does. Like if if you're familiar with the blog Zero Hedge, or the end times. No. Yeah, but but like there there's a blog called Zero Hedge, and like the guy who runs it is always saying about how like the economy is going to collapse like tomorrow is is pretty <laughs> much, and he he's, he always has predictions for it, and it doesn't really like pan out. Um, yeah. And that that's sort of like what he does throughout the thing, almost like again like a cult leader saying like the end of the world's going to happen, but mm-hmm. his is a lot more um, sort of um, temporal. Okay. In in 1973 as well, um, he'll found what's called the U.S. Labor Party, um, which is the the political arm of the NCLC. Um, and and at first they they sort of preach um, a Marxist revolution. Um, but, um, in 1977, they, they shift to, uh, to right-wing politics. Is this the, like, part of, like, a reaction of the Southern strategy? Well, it's, it's not a reaction of the Southern strategy. It's just sort of, I, I think he sort of feels like there's more money in being on the right than on the left. There is, because it's easier to grift. Let's just be honest. Throw it out there. It's probably easier to grift, yeah. I mean, I think it's more insular than the left, you know? And... And you have to remember, too, he's also alienated everybody on the left because in 1973, his followers are, like, attacking everybody they can, like, running into meetings of, like, the Black Panthers or other groups with, like, chains and nunchucks and bats and just attacking. I mean, the worst thing you could probably possibly do is run into the Black Panthers with chains. That is fucking brave. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are Listen, you alive? Nothing, nothing. These assholes are brave, if nothing That's, else. That says more about the Black Panthers being a... Uh, at the time, anyway, a disciplined organization than it does about Lyndon LaRouche, you know. Um, so, in, in 1979, um, it's detailed in a, in a two-part article of the New York Times by, by Howard Bloom and Paul L. Montgomery that LaRouche's organization, which at that time had about 1,000 members um, in 37 offices in North America and 26 in Europe and Latin America, into a extreme right anti-Semitic organization, um, which which is odd as well because among those thousand members are Jewish members. I mean, we uh, listen. Self hatred is a real thing that we've that we've known about. So it, it, well, it's he'll not surprising. he'll later on he'll he'll sort of go with the saying that he is not anti anti-Semitic that he is anti-Zionist. It's the what because the, because don't try to, don't try to church these it up. people well, all they do thing. all these people do is move the goalposts. They can never be wrong, so they move the goalposts, and then the football goes where it goes. You know, it's see because there's well there's there's a thing today where if you're a critic of Israel, people will call you anti-Semitic, and people will say, well, no, I'm just against sort of like um, Zionist politics because in that case they mean you know Israel's expansion into. Um, the occupied territories and sort of like pushing out, which is fucking reasonable. Don't support apartheid which is, states, which is which is reasonable. But when he says like 
No, no, wait, 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 wait. Opposed- Hold on. Let me let me stop you right there. It's reasonable to be against their push. That's what I meant to say there. Yeah, okay. that's that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, just so that, we're on the same. Reasonable. I knew. I knew. Like I knew you were. I knew you were agreeing with me, but I just wanted to make sure people listening didn't think we said it was reasonable. To, to well, I want to. I want to make sure that our stance is what you said, like that that there wasn't a difference between what he's saying and anti-Semitism, which there is. Sure. Uh, which which there isn't, but. When he says like he's just anti-Zionist, um, that's just really in that case that's really just him using it as a cover for the fact that he's an anti-Semite. Right. It's a dog whistle. It, it, when he says when he says he's, he's against Zionism, it's the same way that like people in the Middle East say they're against Zionism, but what they really mean is they just despise the Jews. I fucking people. hate the term, but he's a crypto fascist. That's what he is. Yes. Well, no, he's he's not a crypto fascist. He's an out-and-out fascist. Well, I mean, when you start um, saying like when you start making like you know secondary points like that like where I'm, well I'm not really against all Jews I'm just against these particular ones well you know oh, ben that's that's crypto well, that just, fascism what it, it's not that well that's just that's just racism it's not it, it's not fascism because you can still be fascist and not anti-semitic because for instance Spain was a fascist country but Spain was not anti-semitic you're telling me Franco was um, fascist yeah. I'm just fucking around. Dude, sorry, I'm just fucking Steve. around. Dude. I'm sorry that I did I've been celebrating the man's entire discography, and now you're going to tell me. So, uh, uh, uh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but, but after the, the New York Times prints this article, um, LaRouche denies their charges, and he also filed a $100 million libel lawsuit against them. You're never, this is see, that's like an insurance claim. You're never going to get the $100 million, but you're hoping you can get the 10000 10, <laughs> and, his, and his excuse for this lawsuit is he claims that it was to create a climate in which he would be assassinated. So he wants to be a martyr? Did, did um, he have some kind no, of terminal No, no. Well, he doesn't want to be a martyr. He's just saying he's constantly under attack. Like like any cult leader. Like He says, like, they're going to come any day for me now, so you all have to be prepared to defend me. Oh, um, okay. so, so members of the Times, because they're afraid of themselves, they begin training on how to use knives... Um, and rifles. God, um, it sounds like Jonestown. Jesus Christ, it sounds like or, Jonestown. Or no, the, 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 the Times alleges, yes, that the members of the organization had, had started training in sort of like paramilitary um, use of like rifles and knives. That they and had this a is far- in the 70s, too. This is just like Jonestown. Keep and they had, a, they had a farm in upstate New York where they would train um, in guerrilla tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, a number... Uh, a number of members had also gone through a six-day um, anti-terrorist training course uh, run by an arms dealer um, and former member of the OSS um, named Mitchell uh, Warble the Third. Mitchell, Mitchell Warble the Third. The third? He sounds uh, fucking English as shit. Is he American? Yeah, he's because no he I'm fought British. for the OSS, so he's. Uh, He's probably just like a New England, like, blue bud type. Uh, oh, I thought he was Reginald, cool. take us up to the farm where we're going to train people to fight the enemies that don't exist. <laughs> no, this is how you take out your enemies. Listen, if you're getting choked, <laughs> just ease the tension in your shoulders. Um, and Insufferable. And, and the, um, the NCLC would begin... Where's my um, cravat? Harass- <laughs> Where's my dicky? <laughs> the the NCLC would begin um, harassing um, any any sort of journalists that they viewed um, as being unfriendly to their organization. Oh, so like uh, uh, some members of a political party I don't want to mention right now. 
okay, listen, <laughs> he's going to come out at the end and be like, haha, psych, this guy, Lyndon LaDouche, didn't even exist. It was Lyndon LaDouche, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Steve, you um, cool with that? Can I call it Lyndon LaDouche? That's fine. All right, good. <laughs> Done. Um, and and um, they also published a list of potential um, assassins that they saw as a threat to the organization. Um. LaRouche expected did they, all the members Steve, to serve. did they have any evidence that these people were actually, like, out to get them? Or was it just fucking horseshit? It's just all horseshit. <sighs> um, so he, uh, LaRouche, like, he begins to sort of make it like a totalitarian um, party. Um, he expects the members of the party to, to devote themselves entirely to it. Um, and that they have to place all of their savings and possessions at the party's disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and also take out loans on on their behalf for the party. Mm-hmm. That is... Mm, that's cult 101, um, baby. Got the, it. The, <laughs> hey, sell your shit, take a loan out in my name, and let Papa get it. Mm-mwah. Thank you. It's, it's, it's 2.35 in the morning. What are you guys doing here? We're moving in to your house. <laughs> that's, that's our house now. By the way, uh, I'm going to take my pants off. I'm moving into your wife. <laughs> no, you can't have sex well, with her anymore. Just I'm me. not having sex with her. Well, I'm just moving in. Well, well about that, um, one of the things that they also controlled as well was who could live with who. Um, and that if somebody left the movement, um, the the remaining uh, member – so if it was a wife or a husband who had left, um, the, the remaining one – would have to live separately from them. They couldn't be together Ryan, despite being married. Dear Ryan, I submit my formal <laughs> apology for suggesting that Lyndon LaRoche's organization was not a cult. Sincerely, the other Steve. Um, the, the Times also reported that LaRouche would question the, uh, the spouses um, th- that were in the organization about their partner's sexual habits. Are you topping them off? Are you topping them off in the card, 60? What are you doing? <laughs> Does he like playing with your butthole? Does he like playing with your butthole too much? Let me ask. Um, how, how often is he down there? Well, how often? Is he well, down to give you to give you an idea of of, of how far this went, um, there was one case that was reported that a member was told to stop having sex with his wife because Larouche had said that it was making him "quote unquote" politically impotent. Ah, what? so Larouche didn't understand boners. <laughs> Ma'am, you're doing too well. I need you to stop. You're taking everything well, no, out of my boy Marty here. It's it's like it's like the football coach where he's like he's like Boys, we got game tomorrow. No jerking off today. The game, I, need you, I need you full full. Energy. I need you to have all the generative jing you can have. And it, if we're if we're gonna overthrow the U.S. government, I'm gonna need you lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah, you're gonna have to go in there, <laughs> raging boners, raging guns. That sounds like a bad book, like on Amazon, you know, like an Amazon, like Prime Original, Rage, Raging Boners, like Raging Thank Guns. You attempting to write a romance yeah. novel. And here's my new new book, Raging Boners, Raging Guns. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on good authority that uh, a woman's vagina does not get wet uh, with, with arousal. Uh, my wife is a doctor, and she has told me this on numerous occasions. What a and, jerk uh, off. This is no way connected to the fact that she's never... Uh, "Quote unquote moist or has a quote unquote uh, wet ass pussy around me." I I love the fact that he's such a failure that he has to constantly mention anytime he writes, like introduces himself to people that his wife is a doctor. Because he he recently wrote an op ed for Politico, 
Um, and I, I didn't read most of it. I like, I only read part of it cause it was infuriating, but the first paragraph, he like mentions the fact that he's married to a doctor and it's like, dude, no one gives a fuck. Nobody gives a shit about the fact that you're married to a general practice. I just want to like, yeah, no I'm going to go ahead and just non secretar away from Ben Shapiro cause it's just making me physically ill and let everyone know that <laughs> Ed Asner is on Twitter and his at is the only Ed Asner and it's fantastic. It's great. He, he's also <laughs> a pretty hardcore social. Yeah, he's a great man, and I immediately followed Dick Van Dyke and Bob Newhart uh, because they came up in the recommendations after I followed Ed Asner. The last thing I'll say about uh, little small Ben is he needs to give AOC her shoes back. That's it. Yeah. He needs to give AOC her 54 pairs of oh, shoes. Oh, yeah, he needs to give her <laughs> shoes back, yeah. Well, I was in my uh, room the other day, and I was sniffing an AOC shoe, and I really uh, <laughs> I realized that porn on the internet's unnecessary if you have these goddamn things. So, around the time that that LaRouche is sort of, like, making this rightward swing and, like, attacking other leftist groups, um, in, in 1973, um, he also writes about using certain psychological techniques on recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, in an article titled Beyond Psychoanalysis, um, he writes that a worker's persona had to be um, stripped away from them um, into a state in which he ref- referred to as the quote-unquote little me um, from which uh, the worker could be uh, rebuilt oh, oh um, my into God. a new socialist identity. So this is yep. just a cult, then. Has anyone said that yet, that this is a cult? Cause... Thank you for bringing like it I was, just... I was thinking um, about it. I hadn't said yeah. it yet. It's on tip my tongue. <laughs> and he... We gotta break these fucking people mentally until they're a fucking paramecium. And then when they're a paramecium, we're gonna build them up block by block. We're gonna edit the RNA and encode the messenger cells so that they think that what we say is correct and that the Jews don't get too much money. <laughs> also, give me a house. You know, you I'm not anti-Semitic. You're essentially... <laughs> You know, you're you're actually describing what Alex Jones claims the coronavirus vaccine will do to people. So, have you um, ever right. done? So listen, I did some, I did some research. So, okay, okay, I did research. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so Carl Young, the vaccine. Carl Young had this thing that I thought was interesting. It's bullshit, but I thought it was interesting called automatic writing. You know, you've probably heard of it before. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and he was, yeah. and his thing is, it wasn't ghosts. It was, you know, it was like the psyche or whatever, like the underlying subconscious talking, and. Uh, have you ever done that before? Like as a right, cause I write as a hobby and I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. And like you do it and it is amazing how much shit you can chain together. Like you can, ju- if you oh, just yeah. keep going and you don't care about what you're actually writing down, you can chain all kinds of shit together. Imagine a motivated person. That's Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, George Bush went to Burger King earlier today and the globalists were there <laughs> and he ordered a cheeseburger, which was a interesting suggesting off the menu. Anyway, I'm more of a chicken nugget man myself. Uh, the Jews make the cheeseburgers anyway, you know, like you can just, you can literally just keep going. Like I'm making all of it up. You know, you can just keep going. This guy's man. I don't get it. Fucking so full but, of shit uh, that it's ridiculous, you know? It's called improv. Oh, it's definitely improv. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's improv. Absolutely. Improv. Thank you. Um, I just You just so, totally made that more succinct. I'll cut everything I, I set out. <laughs> I'm just being Ryan going, it, it's called improv, bud. <laughs> and, and improv itself is even like a cult because like a lot of the improv like studios you go to, like the way they run is like it's almost set up like a cult. 
Like you, you give them money and you, you go to these like classes or whatever, huh. and it's like it's very cult like. Really? And, and comedians constantly who aren't improv people joke. You know about what it. I think is a cult, Steve? Um, when I, every once in a while, when I have to go to our data center, I go down this one road and there's a Fred Astaire dance studio, and I think that's fucking cold, bro. <laughs> That's that's hundred percent. I never cold. see anybody in there, you know. Even pre-coronavirus, in the day, in the before times, you know, there was nobody in that parking lot anytime, you know. And Fred Astaire's fucking dead, so <laughs> that's the same problem that no longer exists. It, the the New York Times reported that in the first session of of Larouche using these techniques, uh, Larouche referred to it as as ego stripping. Um, and he used it on a German member of his organization named Constantine George. Um, Trying to strip the ego off a off a German. Good luck. Yeah, and and Larouche claims that during the session, um, he he discovered a plot to assassinate him that had been implanted within George's mind. Is this the is this the early eighties? No, this is this is 1973. Okay, because I was going to say because like the early 80s, they had all that bullshit about false memories, which was, you know, ultimately determined to be this, bullshit. This is like this is like getting there because like essentially what Larouche is claiming is that people are like turning his members into Manchurian. Kids. Oh my god, dude. Um, and <sighs> so in night, uh, he he also recorded a session um, in 1973. Uh, with a with a British member of the group named uh, Chris White, who was 26, um, who had moved to England with uh, a former partner of, of LaRouche's, uh, Carol Schnitzer. Oh, from the Schnitzer's Marble Rye. Yep. Steve, yeah. let me ask you a question. How many of these people do you think only got this way because they didn't have modern video games to take up most of their time, you know? You know what I mean? Like, think about it. There's definitely some smart people, like, or motivated uh, jerk-offs on modern gaming. Not even not even that. If they just had, you know, Minecraft or, or any of these other, like, right. like busy yeah. busy games like that among us. Yeah, just something like, to keep up some of their time so they didn't invent a system where half the world was trying to kill them and everyone else needed to be beat up with fake nunchucks made up by Little League baseball bats. Um, so they're, trying it, to, uh, tr- they're trying to sit there and what you call it, distract Joseph Stalin with Factorio. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I made no, a new no, no, town no, no. in Stardew Valley. It's the best to, town. Everyone has the same amount. Well, listen, you can <laughs> listen. You you try to send everybody the gulag. Why don't you play this game called? Oh, It'd be a lot God. of fun. <laughs> or you can play um, Soviet Republic. The, the game where you make like a Soviet there's Republic. A mo- there's a mobile oh, yeah. game <laughs> called Democratic Socialism Simulator, which is apparently fun. And uh, yeah, what? it's like you're supposed. It's basically it's like a simulator where the democratic socialism is like the main tenet of the political system, and you have to try to keep the country afloat. I've never okay. played it. I've, I'm scared to download it. I'm yeah, already yeah. on that list though. So. Um, so in December of 1973, uh, LaRouche orders, um, or he asks the couple, I should say, to return to the U.S., um, where they are interrogated by LaRouche and his followers. Um, after the interrogation, um, he sends the tape of the sessions, or the tapes, I should say, of the sessions um, to the New York Times as, as sort of evidence of an assassination plot against him. Mm. Um, the Times reports, uh, quote-unquote, 
There are sounds of weeping, vomiting on the tapes, and Mr. White complains of being deprived of sleep, food, and cigarettes. At one point, someone says, raise the voltage. Um, but LaRouche says, <laughs> says this was associated with the bright lights using used in the questioning rather than an electric. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, okay, buddy. Sure nice thing. job. Hey, make sure um, the clamps are on uh, his Well, you know, when they say the raise the voltage, I mean, they're clearly just referring to the uh, bulbs because the United States does not uh, does not use torture. So. I like how he complained at the beginning, like, they deprived me of cigarettes. I couldn't get my mob They rinse. didn't give me an organic <laughs> um, meal. So why should I be here, <laughs> you know? I mean, they gave me I thought we were rights. in the United need, States where a white killers. prisoner could get his organic meal. You know, I wanted artichoke hearts from a small farm in San Francisco, but I live in Kentucky and I'm in jail in D.C. Oh, my God. Um, they also wrote that, that Mr. White complains of a, of a terrible pain in his arm. And then LaRouche um, can be heard saying, uh, that's not real. That's in the program. Um, OK, so the man is probably having a heart attack. Pay no attention to the fact that we beat your arm with a tack hammer. It's just in your head. <laughs> um, That's the ultimate in gaslighting. I think the ultimate in gaslighting would be you actually lighting gasoline on fire and then telling someone who's um, looking at you doing it. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> just turn the lights so, on. So, La- Larouche, Larouche told the uh, told the Times, you know that that White had been quote unquote. Reduced to an eight-cycle infinite loop with lookup table with homosexual bestiality. Lookup? What is he re- what? fucking referencing? Relational databases now? Well, I guess he's just sort of saying that he's just been, like, turned into a monster. But you have to remember as well, I think it was he was just mad that this guy was dating his former partner. Oh, man. So he was just, he was thirsty for his old broad. And he was. What, I, I don't know if he was thirsty for his old broad, or if he was just like, it's like no one fucking dates her but me. I'm gonna torture this. Oh my god! And you know, oh, you, but then do you want to date her? That's no, accurate. Her. Like, uh, that's accurate no. because <laughs> back then, wasn't what year was it that that uh, women were like officially allowed to divorce men for any reason? It was like 1970 something. It was. Oh, it's gonna be like nine. No, it was it was in the seventies, <laughs> but it was way later than you would think. You know, like so. Well, it was still a really. I don't. I don't think they were. They weren't married though. I, I him and him and Carol, they just shared. Carol, together. so like, he's a complete. I, I, I don't think life, he's a shitbird. Then I don't think they. So married. he's just a shitbird. Um, so, uh, Larouche would claim, you know, that White wasn't harmed during the process. <laughs> And that a physician that was also a member of LaRouche's movement um, had been present throughout the process. Uh, um, I need that physician's name. And, We're going to be uh, turning him in for violating of the hypocritical. And um, but acceptance and the of, of the hypocritical. After, after yeah, the hypocritical oath. <laughs> um, after. I mean, that's why you don't have uh, physicians in the death chamber administering the death penalty on states that have that on the books. Little yeah, no, you can't right do there. it. You will never can't see a physician it. there. Nope. You, most of the time, you won't even have a nurse. It will just be a correctional officer that administers the lethal. I'm uh, I'm generally like 80% against the death penalty uh, in all but like the most egregious circumstances, but I find it fucking viscerally disgusting that we've killed 17 people in like the last two months. 
Oh yeah, they when when they yep. get the go, they they'll load them in as many it's, as they can before yep. the next court injunction. Um, so at at the end of this like torture, this period of like torture, um, White will tell Larouche that he had been programmed by the CIA and British intelligence um, to set Larouche up for assassination by quote unquote Cuban exile frogmen. Wait, what? frogmen are not from Cuba. I mean, frogmen are. From, I'm just kidding. Frogmen are the are the protogenics before well, the uh, navy. Seas. I think it's Danish. Frogmen. There's like a they're a secret. They're like a <laughs> frog. They're like men. a special uh, special forces role in the military. Frogmen. That's what it was for the United States in the navy. They were frogmen before they were. Oh, seas okay. Thank you. I did not know that. Yeah, they like usually when they refer to frogmen, they're like like soldiers that sort of like go to go to shore in like scuba gear like sure. the navy seals like yep. like like they eventually got folded into the navy seals it's sort of like that thing with jesse ah. like the people who don't like him will say like he wasn't a seal but anybody who is a navy seal will say well he pretty much was because he passed all the training we have to pass they just yeah. didn't have it back right. then i had an ex whose dad was a navy seal but he started as a frogman in vietnam and kind of got rolled in but he still had to go do buds and all the udt and all the other foolishness so it was it's very it's, it was very funny the very first time i was meeting him i had no idea until we were standing on their doorstep ring the doorbell and she kind of looked at me and she goes hey so listen my dad's like a navy seal and he's been for hmm, about 20 years now and i'm like or 30 years now i'm like what <laughs> what did he you want to tell me that at the last second i'm coming in your house what? i'm wearing skulls on my shirt <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> I got. I'm wearing jinkos. Like, what are you talking about? Is? Leftist politics. Your dad's a Navy SEAL. Jesus. So after after this like this incident with White, um, the the whole organization, the the whole Larusheite movement gets sort of like taken over by a brainwashing hysteria. Uh, you mean you mean um, it just. You mean it just the the brainwashing wave slowly swept over the whole organization. Well, well, no, they, they claim they've been, like, brainwashed. For instance, um, uh, someone claimed that they went to a Lurushite uh, meeting and members of the, of the like, organization were, like, on the floor writhing around saying they needed to be deprogrammed. What? Dude, it is – people so, are very easy, man. They're, you know, it's not, not hard. So it's, so it's almost like people talking in tongues or, like, or like witch, witch hysteria. Listen, people speaking in tongues is the funniest fucking thing. I love watching that shit because it's like Again, sometimes I have it's I'm just kind of skeptical. It's just improv. It sometimes, sometimes I think no, it's, it's just improv. Real. It's improv, but you have to understand yeah. something. It's the George Costanza effect. It's not a lie if you believe it. So, like, if yeah. if you're yeah. if you're confirmed, then it's not a lie to you. And like, if you think you're speaking in tongues, you fucking are. Like, I'm not a fan of the whole. The universe and the secret thing, but there's a lot of shit when it comes to like uh, affirmation that you can go down the wrong yeah. fucking way with that stuff, you know. I just think it's kind of impressive when they quote unquote quote unquote quote unquote speak in tongues. <laughs> Wait, so you're speaking uh, in tongues, voice? Oh, you quote? Uh, no, you quote it unquote. They, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, quote unquote. They <laughs> quote unquote speak in tongues, right? But it sounds like they're speaking a second language fluently. That is what's impressive to me because even if you are just improving that, to be able to go at the speeds that they sometimes go to is just okay. Nah, all right. It's kind of nah. like, all right. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of equate it to this, right? If I have a patient who's gonna sham a sham on the habasham, okay. dude. Okay. 
whatever. But if you're going to go to the lengths to fake a seizure where you pee your pants and do all this other thing, I'm going to give you some I'm respect. Not, I'm I'll give, give you respect for seeing through the how stupid you are. You know what I mean? Like, you're, <laughs> if you're peeing yourself because, like, again, I was randomly scrolling through TikTok and I just randomly got... Because TikTok has become, like, a political nightmare now. And uh, I randomly got some lady who was like, I just had the COVID vaccine. And she's, like, shaking and shit. And I, it's just like, no, you fucking didn't, you know? But she's selling it. Yeah. And I got to respect her for being a complete piece of shit, you know? <laughs> it's basically what it boils down to. I just I respect you for being a complete piece of shit. And really <laughs> just leaning, leaning into it. Into it. Um, <laughs> so, in... In January of 1974, um, in a period of, of two weeks, um, there were 41 separate press releases from the organization claiming uh, members had been brainwashed. Mm. I don't buy it. I mean, I believe there were 41 releases, but I don't buy it. <laughs> um, in, in 1974 as well, um, LaRouche begins to establish contacts uh, with Willis Cardo's Liberty Lobby, um, which is sort of um, tied to, like, um, the John Birch Society, um, and also with the Ku Klux Klan. Ah, we know those <sighs> ones. Jesus. Um, and it, it's also reported um, by, by Frank Donner and, and Randall Rothenberg um, that he had made successful overtures as well um, to George Wallace's American Independent Party, um, and that the the sort of like racist policies of LaRouche's um, party, uh, the the anti semitism sort of endeared him to the Klan. I can I can absolutely see that. Um, and and as well um, because Willis, uh, Willis Cardo uh, um, is is obsessed with like the Rockefellers because the Rockefellers were a like is sort of like a Republican, sort of like a very like liberal Republican um, segment of the Republican Party at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that that they they sort of got um, boxed out uh, of the party when they they kept going like more and more to the right and more mm-hmm. and more to sort of like white identity politics. Um, yeah. So so. LaRouche doesn't like the Rockefellers. He, he's obsessed with them as well, so he gets along with Cardo on, on that um, area mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Um, and um, in the Liberty Lobby, even though like LaRouche had been like sort of like a Marxist, um, he sort of uh, defended the Liberty Lobby, um, making an alliance with them because he said it helped like um, quote unquote confuse, disorient, and disunify the left. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, too, um, a former member who became an FBI informant in 1973, Gregory Rose, um, he said that the LaRouche movement had um, had extensive links to the Liberty Lobby, um, and there was also a connection to the Soviet Union. Okay. Um, and although they had these connections, um, they, they didn't really, like, amount to much. Like, like, LaRouche wasn't taking orders from the Soviet Union or anything like that. Um, but he, he did have a lot of like links and ties, um, to, to them. And like, for instance, the, the far right, um, eventually the Liberty lobby would, um, would sort of break from LaRouche, um, saying that, um, they didn't agree with them having like basic socialist positions. Um, and also because they were, uh, their softest on quote unquote, um, the major Zionist groups, 
So who did they think the major Zionist groups were? They don't specify, but I, I think it just speeds the fact that they're not, like, against all Jews. Ah, uh, okay. Um, because uh, Willis Cardo is, like, an extreme anti-Semite. Like, like falling, like, I don't I don't know why we fought World War II, like, like, like Pat Buchanan type. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, like, Pat Buchanan, I think, was influenced by Willis Cardo. Um, okay. So, so he's sort of, like, the, the progenitor of that. Um, okay. and, and so, and, and even though uh, LaRouche's movement sort of has these like socialist foundations, and they do believe in these sort of like socialist mm-hmm. programs, um, they're more of what's called a Strasserite, which gets thrown around. Um, okay. Who are like uh, Strasser was an enemy of the Nazis, but it, just in the sense that he he was anti-Semitic, but he also was a, a socialist. Like like he thinks you know you should have like a social safety net and like. Um, nationalized industries and like health uh, and like government health care and stuff like that. But nothing for the Jews. But but he's also a racist. <laughs> Man, you can have everything you need: food. Why is he? Shelter, why is he Arnold? Work. <laughs> yeah, he's the who's steak. Nothing none of the Jews can have none of my cookies. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Um, and so, um, a lot of, um, neo-Nazi leaders as well had misgivings about the organization. Uh, wow. about you gotta be, you're because, on the fringes if a neo-Nazi well, goes, wait a minute. Well, well, no, no the, the, the reason, nice. well, no, the reason why the neo-Nazis have misgivings about the organization, because remember I said there are Jews in the organization. Oh. So, so the fact that there are Jewish members in it, they're like, they're like, you claim to be anti-Zionist, <laughs> but why do you have Jews in this group? They're like, that that sounds like a that 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 sounds, sounds like questionable a, uh, to be, buddy. Yes, sounds like a Turning Point USA <laughs> meme. Um, a Charlie Smallface Kirk. Yeah. You claim to be anti-Semitic, yet you let Jews in. Hmm, How can how can the how can how can Mitch McConnell be anti-minority when he's the leader of the minority party? <laughs> um, uh, got him. Uh, Love uh, it. Oh, that fucking guy's face author, is so small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like how it keeps getting smaller to the fact that he looks like a Rick and Morty character. I love the fact that people will Photoshop his face just just smaller than it is normally. To yeah. The point that you actually have to wonder. Is that Photoshop or is his face really that fucking small? <laughs> uh, an author, uh, George Johnson, um, he he sort of believes that um, that a lot of the overtures that LaRouche was making to the far right um, weren't really sincere. That he was just sort of allying with them as like a convenience since he'd alienated like everybody on the left. Um, and there was a 1975 party memo that said, you know, that after they, um, that like sort of one of their goals after they take over was to eliminate the the right wing opposition to their group, which they felt would be easy. Um, so in this way, he's sort of playing by the Soviet um, playbook, because um, one of the policies that the Soviet Union like had since the time of Lenin was that they would co-opt other leftist movements like socialists, social democrats, like just anyone who wasn't in their communist party, like their version of it. Like, when the time came, they would just eliminate them as well. Like, they had no sort of loyalty wow. to them. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of what he's doing here, but just trying to gain, like, right-wing uh, groups 
as sort of like allies, and then the second they can get rid of them, they'll get rid of them. Okay. And in um, 1976 as well, um, it's written in the New York Times by Howard Bloom that the that the party starts actively informing to the FBI and local police um, on uh, other left wing organizations. God, this guy's such a piece of shit. He's a um, fucking crime boss, is what so, he is now. So, for instance, in, in 1977, um, they began writing reports on um, anti-apartheid groups in the U.S. and then um, it sells them to the um, South African government. Um, reports uh, they would report on student dissident groups to the uh, to the Savox uh, secret police in any. Do you think that there are ire um, of student dissident groups has anything to do with the fact that student lending is such a mess? Like, do you think they did that shit on purpose? Like, canceled the bankruptcy factor and started raising the cost of tuition slowly over thirty years until the point where it was like, well, you can either, well, you know why, well, you, you know can why either have a house. I know exactly factor, why. I'm right? just making a totally fucking spurious joke. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly why because I I can't say who, but I know several people who basically exploited that in the '70s because uh, yeah, it was easy. Yeah, it was. It, do- doctors found that one trick that yeah, drives. It was that, drives, that meme. Uh, Bank's crazy. Find yeah, out that what was it the is. trick. It was just saying, "I'm out of school. <laughs> I'm, I'm eighty thousand dollars in debt. I'm bankrupt. Bye." <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm broke. Five years <laughs> later, I'm not bankrupt anymore. My credit's back to normal. I have no debt. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving my yacht. The bankruptcy out to. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh. Um, hey, and, I see what you do with that name of that yacht, the Bankrupt Sea. Fuck. And <laughs> is that a real yacht? Is that one of Devos's boats? It should be. Oh. <laughs> she has like six of them. Well, so no, she had be. the one that she fell out of into the ocean. She had that one scuttled because she blamed the boat. Yeah, which when yeah. she got uh, she, bl- she got drunk, and it obviously she, wasn't she blamed the, the boat. Yeah. The box wine. Yeah, it was drinking. not the Franzia effect. Um, it was the boat. Yeah, it was the boat. Ah, it's real <laughs> wine. It comes in a box. It, Chuck's dead. He choked on a pack, a stack of pancakes <laughs> at the Elks Company Lodge. And the the organization also begins reporting um, on anti nuclear uh, movement members um, to power companies. Okay. Um, so essentially what he's doing is he's turning his cold into like a private investigation firm and sort of doing like what the Pinkertons do today where they, they just sort of like report on people. They snitch. It's called snitching. Steve, don't try to make it sound good. It's snitching. That's one of my favorite, uh, uh, punk bands from back in the day, the Pinkerton thugs. Is that who you're referring to? Oh, (laughs) for wage of copper. Yeah. Rich in gold. That's what you got. If you got control, if you got nothing. I thought you were talking about that punk band. Uh, snitch, uh, no, I've never heard of them, but it sounds like a punk band. <laughs> that sounds more like a hardcore band, like starting for Agnostic Front, Stitches Get Snitches. <laughs> and that's right. I said it that way. Stitches Get Snitches. Um, and it was it was reported that like one of their main methods of, of gaining information um, was that they would um, that members of the group would just call up. Um, bureaucrats and sort of like lie about who they were to trick the bureaucrats into giving them information. Okay. Uh, I am Alex Jones and I'm looking to see if I can get any more information uh, from you regarding the uh, pollutants that you're putting in the water to turn the friggin' frogs gay. Uh, I was wondering if you could. Uh, I have seen more gay frog sex in the past five years. 
<laughs> they it, it, during the seventies. Th- this will come back in the eighties. Um, he he begins sort of um, exchanging daily information with a man named Roy Frankhauser. Um, and and Roy Frankhauser was a um, he was a, a government informant, um, and he he would infiltrate both far right and far left groups. Um, and he was also involved in the Ku Klux Klan and the American. Fuck, Party. dude, man, these Wait, guys are the lead worst there, people. <laughs> you need to Holy lead. fuck! <laughs> when did this guy die? Guy when did this guy good. die, Steve Larouche? <laughs> uh, Fucking fifty years too late. Jesus, fuck, dude. Um, but Let's so, also down, not downplay it. Roy Frankhauser was the grand dragon of the KKK. He yeah, wasn't Steve, just like, oh no, he 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 partook on the weekends. No, this guy like ran that shit. Um, so Frank Frankhauser, um, he he sort of comes like Larouche begins to like exchange information with him because the organization believes that he's like a that he's like a federal agent. Um, and that he has been sort of like assigned by the government to infiltrate. He's, these ma- he's a federal agent, um, and that and he's he's mad with uh, with Mace. <laughs> See how many Cause, people get that reference? Because what? Because what? What essentially is happening is they see this guy who's a government informant, but they believe that instead of just being you know a snitch, that that he's actually like a, an agent to begin with. Um. <laughs> And so, and they also believe that this is evidence, you know, that these groups are being manipulated and controlled by the FBI and other government agencies. So they want to have like a contact to, to sort of stay on top of this. Um, so they consider him to be like a valuable contact. Um, and they also, um, they also think that his links to extremist groups are just a cover for his like intelligence work. Um, and, and Frank Hauser too, like he fully plays into this. Like he, like he sells this to them. Once they start sort of considering like him as being that he just completely like goes with it. Cause it's, yeah. So this is like, this is like professional mm-hmm. wrestling essentially. Like the crowd's yeah. buying it. So this guy's going to be <laughs> this guy now. Yeah. He's, he's selling. selling. Yeah. He's, um, and, and also as well, it's reported that one of, um, LaRouche's companies, um, Computron Technologies Corporation. Uh, yeah, the Computron uh, 9000. Uh, <laughs> it can figure out someone had, if they're a Nazi in four seconds. Oh, holy, holy. <laughs> um, they, uh, it's, it's clients included uh, Mobile Oil and Citibank. Um, and it is... And that also uh, World Composition Services, another company Citibank. of theirs. Wow. Um, which was um, which had at that time one of the most advanced um, typesetting complexes in, in New York. Um, one of its clients was uh, the Ford Foundation, um, Ooh, okay. and its um, and its uh, PMR associates also produced um, party publications as well as um, publications for other smaller organizations um, like local high schools. Okay. Um, and. And LaRouche is also still telling all of his, his groups, uh, you know, that he's still being targeted for assassination. Um, and and the list of people is growing. For instance, the Queen of the United Kingdom, uh, Queen Elizabeth, is, is plotting to kill him. Um, Zionist mobsters. Um, I don't think there were many of them left in the 1970s. Um, <laughs> most of them got whacked by the 60s or pushed out. Um, and 
and also the the Council of Foreign Relations, the Justice Department, the and Justice the League. How is this? How is he living? All these people want to kill the him. Avengers, Damn, you... Wolverine, Frank Castle, <laughs> Mister Rogers, Rogers, Mister McFeely, the Fantastic, the Four. Fantastic Four. Every time I look up, I see Big Bird up in the tree. He's waiting. You on know, me Big Bird. He was uh, uh, Alf. Alf, yeah. <laughs> Alf. Alf is trying to kill He's him. He's trying to get in my house and kill my cats. <laughs> I'm going to eat him like a cat. Would you say Bob Ross now? Um, get, get the fuck out of here. Bob Ross. No. Yeah, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. <laughs> He's the one Bob guy the you're nice not allowed to mention cover. ever. Bob, well, Bob Ross was, uh, was Bob Ross Marines, is sacrosanct. And I, I thought it was Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers is definitely sacrosanct, Ford. but Bob Ross fixed well, his life. Bob Bob Ross, I feel like if he ever became violent after, you know, he stopped being in the Marines, it would be like a commando arc where he's just yeah. sort of retired. They drew first blood. Like mountaintop where he's painting, and then, like, that was a bunch Rambo. of guys come and, like, kidnap yeah, his daughter. Exactly. No, so take him. <laughs> there's another movie. There's a movie coming out called, like, The Marksman, and it's, uh, it's with Liam Neeson, and it's just the plot of Taken. Well, that that movie taken, that I, taken seventeen. If it's the movie, I think you're you're mentioning. It, it also seems suspiciously similar to the one that um that that what's it, that Clint Eastwood it was in about the guy who like does like um, drug trafficking for the cartels Oof. or whatever. Where, he, where he's like, I need I need money, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like get these drugs over the border. Oh or yeah, I want to see strong, that. Like, was that any good? It has strong like. I, I don't think so because I didn't hear anybody talk about it, um, but and, and like I, I usually hear about yeah those you're things you're a cinephile as well, you're definitely I, in that um, you read so, Navy Club every day it, it yeah it has uh, I, actually, I know I know um, but, but but mostly for the TV reviews um, and so it, it sort of has that same energy of like old man. And like gritty, gritty Mexico, who's put in a situation where he has to like work with his conscience, which is this case was like uh, Liam Neeson has to save this this woman, um, and then like with Quinn Eastwood's, I think it's that like he has to do the right thing or something with the drugs. I'm oh not sure. But but anyways, in, in 1974, um, Larouche will attempt to sue the city of New York, claiming. That CIA and British spies had brainwashed his associates into killing mm-hmm. him. But he's still what? All right, throw that case out. He's still alive. Boom. Like why? Why are you even here? Are you dead? No. Cool. <laughs> Goodbye. Like- Larouche La in an interview had had said to um, a, a periodical called Patriot News out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that he had been threatened by quote unquote communists, Zionists, narcotics gangsters, the Rockefellers, and international terrorists. The Patriot News sounds like some right. white rag. It, it probably is. It's probably, it, it's probably like so, the new frontiersman from from Watchmen. So we're at uh, an hour and forty seven minutes. You said you wanted to do multiple episodes. How much more of this guy is there? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna end us with a with a quote from him, and then we're gonna talk about his his presidential campaigns, and oh, then no. um, we'll probably be part oh, two. My God. Like, just sort of the period where he's running for office, and then I think he also introduces his, like, Snowpiercer concept um, during that period. Um, what? Yeah. Never mind. We're going to get to it. Yeah. 
And, what? <laughs> and um, and then sort of like the the end of his life because he was still going. He didn't run in two thousand eight, but he was still like Larouche followers were like holding uh like sandwich boards with stuff about like yeah. Donald Trump and like members of the Trump. Well, that's like that's what happens when you're in a cult. You don't give it up, you know. Yeah, no. Especially it's, if it's, it's, ba- it's, now it's especially ingrained. if it's based off of a resource that isn't sex, you know, because like at a certain age that becomes less appealing, you know. Uh, but mm-hmm. when it's just based off your like political ideology, I mean, you take that shit to the grave. And so, like, if they get you when you're young, oh my god, you're fucked forever. You know, the odds of it going away are very low. I wonder. I wonder what his followers um, are doing now. The oh, same shit. Yeah. They're, they're still yeah, showing yeah. his, his works oh. or whatever. Um, so, t- this is a quote from the same article from him. Um, Since late 1973, I have been repeatedly the target of serious assassination threats, and my wife has been three times the target of attempted assassination. My enemies are the circles of McGeorge Bundy, Henry Kissinger, Soviet President Yuri Andropov, W. Um, Averell uh, Harriman, Um, certain powerful bankers and the socialists and Nazi internationals, as well as international drug traffickers, Colonel Gaddafi, Ayatollah Khomeini, and the Malthusian lobby. So Malthus and Gaddafi are are out to get him. So this was in a later article. He he described these these people who are out to um, assassinate him. Uh, So what year was Um, it? And when we we go to part um that one i believe was in um 1979 okay so in 1979 this man literally was still clamoring on about how half the fucking known world was trying he, to kill him because he mentions <laughs> um he mentions yuri andropov and and yuri andropov um was only a soviet um premier um for two years but i believe he was president before then I really thought you were going to say Yuri Geller. I was going to be like, what? What is, is he bending, He's bending on socialist like, spoons for, you know? <laughs> he was, he was general, um, he, yeah, that was from the 80s, because Yuri Andropov was only, um, he was only the, in charge of the Soviet Union for about two years, and then he died. Um, and then the, the person who followed him was only the leader for about a year. Huh. Um, Konstantin Chernenko was the one who followed him, um, and he lasted less than a year. As the, as the Soviet he, premier. Yeah, because uh, he died. Okay. okay. He, was, he was premier, like, he was, like, he held several posts, which we generally call the premier. It gets a little confusing with some of these. Yeah, I know it gets a little ridiculous but, at some point. But, but he was, um, he was leader for such a short amount of time that there's, like, a, there was a tradition in the Soviet Union that when a leader died, um, they would like go into their office and they had a personal safe and they would just sort of say like what was in the personal safe to show what was important to him. But mm-hmm. he had been leader for so little time that there was like, like nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and uh, what was important to him was minimalism. It was, uh, <laughs> uh apparently this paperclip was the most important <laughs> thing to him. 
What about the papers that were attached? No, no, there were no papers. And they're, they're, just a single paperclip. And they have like a parade through the city, and they have like a convertible. Just with a, a giant paperclip. Paper like, <laughs> like a red, a crushed velvet pillow in the just center clippy. of the car. And a big like portrait of a, of a just paper fucking clip. Just up MS Word clippy. Just in there with eyes on it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just put googly eyes and on it. My favorite clippy meme was the one. It, was, it looks like you're trying to kill yourself. Here's some notes about writing a good suicide letter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you could, you could almost do a whole episode on Andropov because he was, he was the head of the KGB oh, for a no. period. And there's also a conspiracy theory that he was assassinated because he wanted to reform the Soviet Union, but that's probably just mostly wishful thinking. Right. Right. All right. Um, so next episode we will we will discuss sort of the rise of perpetual presidential candidate candidate. Um, Can we just call him uh, the perpetual Larouche. loser? Obviously, because yeah. he's never won the, the. He's like the what? Uh, what would that be like? Six. I don't want to. I don't want to mention well, too much about it. If we're gonna do another episode about it. I'm just wondering whether or not he ever had a chance. No, okay. he never did. Um, none none of his people do, and he's actually somewhat important for um, U.S. campaign law. Because um, the Democratic Party at one point tried to prevent him from running as a Democrat, and the court found that they couldn't. Wow. Really? Interesting. Um, so so he actually got, like, that bad. Like, for instance, because they're like, this guy's, like, anti-Semitic, and he's crazy, like, we want nothing to do with him. Um, but the court said, like, well, he, he can still run, he can still be on the ticket in the state as a Democrat because he's a citizen of that state or whatever. God. Amazing. All right. Cousin. Yep. So we'll see you all next time. On the next one. Later. Bye. Bye.